Hey friends, Dean here with some exciting news to share. You can now buy us a coffee. That's right. You can help support independent content creators like us by becoming a member of the 3324 Green Room at buymeacoffee.com slash 3324. Our episodes will always be free and that will not change, but your support at buymeacoffee.com slash 3324 will help us continue to bring you the best in music and movie podcasting, in our humble opinion. As a Green Room supporter, you'll not only have our undying gratitude, but you'll also be able to vote on which episodes we record and receive other perks for as low as $3 per month. That's the price of a cup of coffee. There's absolutely no obligation and nothing about the show will change. It's not going behind a paywall. Go to buymeacoffee.com slash 3324 for all the details. The link will be in the show notes of every episode as well. We'll see you in the green room. In this 3324 podcast quick hit, we're kicking off October with a perennial Halloween hit song that dates back to 1962 and features an impression that was pretty spot on. Also, we will talk about the breakout role for the actor that was being imitated in that song. All of this coming up next. You're listening to a 3324 podcast quick hit with Dean Legiro, where Dean shares stories and trivia about his favorite chart hits, actors, movies, and more. Welcome, friends, to this 3324 podcast quick hit. My name is Dean. You can find us on social media on Instagram and Facebook. We're at 3324podcast and on Twitter at 3324p. Quick hits come out every Monday and full-length episodes about the music and movies that shaped our lives come out every Thursday. So please do us a favor, follow us on your favorite podcast provider so you don't miss an episode. So first up, Bobby Pickett was born in Massachusetts in 1940. Growing up, his father managed a movie theater which allowed young Bobby the opportunity to see as many movies as he wanted, including those of horror icon Boris Karloff. Upon choosing acting as his career path, Bobby became adept at impressions, and Karloff came pretty easy to him. While in Hollywood, chasing his dream to become an actor, Pickett met up with some old high school buddies. They formed a group called The Cordials. One of the highlights of their set would be a cover of the Diamonds hit Little Darlin', which has a spoken word section, a little bit of a monologue. Bobby, as a would-be actor would do that spoken word section as Boris Karloff, and the crowd loved it, and the group loved his impression of of Boris Karloff. One of the members of the group, Lenny Capizzi, suggested that maybe they should write a song about a monster trying to do one of the dance crazes of the era. It might be fun. Bobby wasn't, wasn't interested. He felt that Hollywood was his calling, and he wanted to pursue an acting career and really give that a shot. Well, after about a year, Bobby secured an agent. But two weeks later, that agent would have a heart attack and pass away. Putting aside his pursuit of acting, Bobby reached out to Lenny, and in a one-day writing session, Monster Mash was born. Going full Karloff for the song, Monster Mash is a fun trip through a mad scientist's laboratory as the monster rises and starts a new dance craze. Now, where does this fit in in 1962? Well, let's go to September 15th, that week. Uh, The Four Seasons would hit number one with Sherry, featuring Frankie Valli's soaring falsetto vocals. That would stay at number one for five weeks. So we fast forward to the week of October 20th, 1962, and Bobby, Boris Pickett, and the Crypt Kickers would hit number one for two weeks with the Monster Mash. Things, however, would return to normal the week of November 3rd, as He's a Rebel by the Crystals would take over the number one spot for two weeks on its own. The song would reappear two more times in the Hot 100 charts. In August of 1970, it would come back and hit number 91, 
And about three years later, in May of 1973, it would shoot all the way back up to number 10. And in the years since, no Halloween season is complete without spinning this fun song by Bobby Boris Pickett and the Crypt Kickers. Next up, we'll focus on the man that was being impersonated in Monster Mash, Boris Karloff, and his most iconic role. That's up next. Born William Henry Pratt in November of 1887 in Surrey, England, William would change his name to the mysterious and exotic Boris Karloff in 1911. There are differing accounts of where the inspiration for the name came from or why, but it seems really that he didn't want to cause embarrassment to his family or siblings, who were all members of the prestigious British Foreign Service. William, or Boris, needn't have worried, because as his popularity grew, his brothers would happily and excitedly pose for pictures with him, when he returned to his native England in 1933 as a bona fide star. Going back a little bit, upon his arrival in Hollywood, Boris Karloff secured small parts in silent films and supplemented his income at the time by making deliveries and, oddly enough, digging ditches. By the time he was cast as the monster in James Whale's Frankenstein, which was released in November of 1931, Boris Karloff had already acted in about 80 films, but this would be the role that would make him a part of film and horror history. Standing at 5'11", Karloff was outfitted with 4-inch platform boots weighing 11 pounds each to increase his height, wore a bulky costume to complete the menacing image. Boris Karloff would spend four hours in the makeup chair each time under the skilled hands of Universal's monster maker Jack Pierce. The monster design would be copyrighted in pretty short order by Universal Studios as they knew they had something special on their hands. And Karloff's version of the monster would become an iconic image in cinema history, Almost a default design going forward for Frankenstein. The film was an instant success, following on the heels of Bela Lugosi's turn as Dracula earlier in the same year. And in one of those great movie history what-ifs, Bela Lugosi was actually the first choice to play the monster, but he turned it down, thinking it was just a little bit beneath a star of his stature at the time. Bela Lugosi would go on to play the monster a decade later in Frankenstein Meets the Wolfman. Boris Karloff would play the monster two more times in his career, in 1935's The Bride of Frankenstein and in 1939's Son of Frankenstein. Karloff also saw success in his follow-up monster film in 1932's The Mummy. That would cement his status as an icon of the horror genre. Boris Karloff is most associated with the Halloween season due to his extensive horror and sci-fi filmography, but he is also a part of a cherished Christmas classic as the narrator of the animated version of Dr. Seuss's how the Grinch Stole Christmas from 1966. He would win a Best Recording for Children Grammy Award for it. Boris Karloff passed away in 1969, but his influence is still felt today on filmmakers, artists, actors, and any child that has stiffened their knees and pretended to be Frankenstein's monster walking slowly towards their next victim. This has been Dean. Thank you for joining us for this week's 3324 Podcast Quick Hit. We're going to ask you to please be kind and rewind. This has been a 3324 Podcast Quick Hit. You can find us on your favorite podcast provider. So please like, subscribe, and rate to become a part of the 3324 family. Your feedback is important, so please make sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at 3324podcast and on Twitter at 3324p to join the conversation. 